0: Okay, hey, you have a handout in front of you, and uh, it is here, and it is a front and the back, because we've got a lot of stuff to cover today, and you're going to have to listen really, really fast uh, for this. Liz Wiseman wrote this book called Rookie Smarts, and what is so intriguing is she did all of this research, and what she discovered is that there every almost this field to field to field of business. It seems that... Rookies will come into an organization and they will do better jobs than those who are veterans. And uh, it is the, it's an energy that they bring. And they're not afraid to make mistakes. Uh, and and they just come in and they're finding out that they are outperforming the veterans who've been there for a number of years. And so, as she began to research this, she began to determine what is the mindset of a rookie. And then there's a mindset of like a veteran. And so the challenge is, is to have a rookie mindset and to try to avoid some of the veteran mindset. Now, if you've ever worked in an organization for a number of years, it's easy to, to go into what we call a veteran mindset. And what we're going to challenge you today is to try to get into this rookie mindset to get these rookie smarts so i think it's going to be very intriguing get your pen and pencil ready and we're going to walk through some things rookie mindsets and this is the way it's set up rookie mindsets to use versus veteran mindsets to avoid and so she's just used some word pictures here number one backpacker versus caretaker backpacker versus caretaker a backpack a backpacker And then she talks about about the kind of mindset that a backpacker has and compares it to a caretaker. Number one, nothing to lose versus protect your legacy. Nothing to lose versus protect your legacy. The backpacker, just, hey, I got nothing to lose. I'm going out there and go try something. Let's get after it. A caretaker. Usually what it means is you've seen some success in your business, success in what you've done, and so what you want to do is not do anything too radical. You just want to protect your legacy. Number two, open to new possibilities versus stay on the conventional path. Open to new possibilities versus staying on the conventional path. And number three is search for new practices versus maintaining the status quo. Search for new practices versus maintain the status quo. That means the person with the rookie mindset is willing to search for new practices, which is a good fit for the terrain, rather than automatically accepting yesterday's practices. So if there's something that we want to accomplish, rather than me always going to the old reliable, because we've always done it that way, the backpacker person is one that's looking for some new ways to do it. Let's look for some new tape. Maybe there's some things that we can achieve with this. However, the caretaker, what they like to do is they like to stick with what's realistic and what's worked in the industry throughout the years. Okay? You got rookie mindset and you got a veteran mindset. Number two, the hunter-gatherer versus local guide the hunter-gatherer, that's the person that goes out into the woods, he's hunting for food and gathering their food, versus the one that's just a local guide. And here's the difference in those people. Number one, su- survive on their wits, versus seen it all before. That hunter-gatherer is the one that's gotta survive by their wits. They're in unfamiliar territory, and they've gotta survive with their wits. The local guide, hey, He's seen it all before. He knows the thing like the back of his hand. Number two, the senses are vigilant and alert versus look for data to confirm what they already know. Senses are vigilant and alert. The rookie mindset, their senses, their kind of like heads on a swivel. You're always looking around. You're being alert for whatever information's coming to you. However, the um, local guide mindset is you look for data to confirm what they already know. Now, I want you to circle that. Just kind of put an asterisk by it because we're going to come back to that. Because I would say that as I started walking through my life, boy, that's, that's, where, that's where my big struggle is right there. And we're going to talk about that as we get a little bit further. And then you get number three. Number three is this. You seek out experts and you ask for help and you use collective brain power. Use collective brain power. Versus set in his ways and loves to dispense wisdom about what can and can't be done. Two different mindsets. One is the one that goes out and they begin to uh, look for different experts, people that know uh, what's going on in that industry. And it doesn't matter how long they've worked there or or, uh, or, old, or how old or young. But that mindset is I'm going to get this collective brain power to figure out how the best way to do it. But when you get into the veteran mindset, it's easy to be the guy or the gal that just likes to sit back, likes to dispense all the wisdom about what can be and what can't be done. I knew that when I worked for the telephone company, that's what happened. Now I get a telephone company, you start getting there, I'm all excited, getting ready to do my work, and uh, sure enough, there's some of those old codgers in there like about 58 years old. You know what I'm talking about? You know, I'm 62 right now. And I said, God, those guys looked old back then. And, and you know, they're, they're the old hands. They've been there 30, 35 years. They sit back and, say, well, let me tell you how it can be done and how it can't be done. And that's it. They just lay it out. This is going to be this. This is going to be it. And everything just sort of, this is the way it's got to run. So, you've got a veteran mindset that you can look at over there, or this rookie mindset where, hey, I'm just getting a collective uh, uh, brain power from other people. Right, number three, a firewalker versus a marathoner. A firewalker versus a marathoner. The rookie mindset is a, more of a firewalker, where the veteran mindset is more of a marathoner. And here's your difference number one, you act boldly and you move quickly. Versus steady, comfortable pace. Act boldly and move quickly. Let me just give you some insight into firewalking. The most successful firewalkers are the ones that move quickly. You ever thought about that? (laughs) I've watched a few firewalkers in my day and I had not seen a whole lot of them hesitate and say, you know, I'm not really sure where that next step's going (laughs) to come. I mean, these guys, you're moving, you act boldly. Okay, I'm stepping on the coals and you got to move quickly. Where, but a marathoner has that steady, comfortable pace. And what you do is running a marathon is you train, you train at your pace, and then you keep up with it. And when you start out, you try to stay on that pace and you just stay consistent. Okay. Steady, comfortable pace. Now, number two is the firewalker makes course adjustments, makes course adjustments as needed. When something needed, I've got to go some other way. I'll do it. Versus. The marathoner operates on autopilot. He just, same way we've always done it. I could almost plug it in and go. And when you run a marathons at times, you'll run and all of a sudden five miles have gone past and you say, where'd those five miles go? I'm just kind of on autopilot. Sometimes don't even notice the things that are around you. You're just going. Now what happens is, is we get in that veteran mindset, that autopilot uh, consistent pace mindset. We begin to lose touch with what is going on around us and at times we feel very confident in what we're doing hey i've got this steady pace i'm heading out but in the meantime my customers are feeling a little bit more distant from me i'm not making the touch with them that i used to do it and they're not quite as excited about me as they used to be but i don't really realize that because i'm just kind of going the same old pace doing the same old thing i'm just on autopilot and yet around me some things are happening but i don't even notice it Okay. I got my steady pace and I'm going there. The firewalker, on the other hand, is one who is acting boldly, acting quickly, and he can see things and makes adjustments and makes them whenever it is necessary. And last of all is this, the pioneer versus the settler. The pioneer versus the settler. For the one, the rookie, he's the pioneer. He or she is his pioneer and they are in, what they do is number one is they improvise and they're relentless. Versus follow protocol and comfortable. You think about pioneers when they had to go out there and and these are the guys that are and gals that are that are treading out new ground. And as they go, they're having to improvise as they go every step along the way. We've got to improvise and they're relentless because you just get knocked down. You get back up. Whereas what happens with the settlers is once you settle down, you've got your schedule, you got your protocol. Everything is comfortable. And that's the way we're going to go. Number two, the pioneer will make new tools. Versus the settler using established tools. And what that means is the settler will just rely on what's available. The pioneer, the rookie over here will say, maybe there's a better way of doing this. And I'm going to use some new tools. I'm not just going to use the standard tools. I think I can use some new tools and maybe we can do this better. And number three is trailblaze new paths to new fields versus established procedures. The way we do things around here. So the rookie smarts, the pioneer, is the one that will trailblaze new paths and it will go out to new fields. However, the veteran mindset is established procedures. This is the way we do things around here. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm thinking that most of us have probably been guilty of saying that to new people that came in to where we say, this is just the way we do things around here. Now, there are good things there. Like, if you've got ethical standards and say, hey, that's the way we do it around here. That's, that's the Shades Mountain way or whatever company it is. Those are perfect. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about when you're, when you're trying to step forward and and create this, cast this great vision and your company began to move forward. And when someone's always telling you, well, you know, this, just the way we do things here, you're not going to do anything different. Just going to be this way. Now, You've got those notes that you've got. Let's just look over them real quick. Okay, you've you got those notes. Veteran mindset to avoid. Listen to it as I read it. Protect your legacy. Stay on the conventional path. Maintain status quo. You've seen it all before. You just look for data that will confirm what you already know and respect. Uh, you love to just sit around, talk about what can and can't be. Steady, comfortable pace. Operate on autopilot. Protocol, comfortable, established tools, established procedures. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? man, I want to be a part of that. That sounds good. That'll get me up in the morning and wake up. Yes. Or do you like this? Nothing to lose. Open to new possibilities. Search for new practices. Survive on your wits. Uh, Senses that are vigilant and alert. Seek out experts. Use collective brain power. Act boldly. Move quickly. Make course adjustments as needed. Improvise. Relentless. New tools. Blaze new paths to new fields. Now, I can read it and put more energy on that. But just looking at those words, what has more energy to it? Is it the rookie mindset or is it the veteran mindset? Which one? Yeah, rookie. that has got more energy to it. It's kind of some excitement. It kind of gets you, get you jacked up on there. Well, here's the thing. It's not something that's just based on age or how long you've worked somewhere. It's a mindset. And it means that any of us can have that rookie mindset no matter how long we've been at an organization. So this is not something where you say, well, I am this age and I've been there this long, so this message doesn't mean anything to me. No. The great thing about this message is you can change your mindset. And we're going to give you eight things you can do to change it. Okay? It's more exciting than eating spam primavera. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> How to cultivate rookie smarts. Number one, throw away your notes and start over. Throw away your notes and start over. Fresh thinking. Fresh thinking. I heard Liz Wiseman speak, and she shared this illustration, and I just shook my head uh, because I don't know of any professor uh, at any level that's ever done this. But the story was of C.K. Uh, Prahalad, who has been repeatedly ranked as the world's top business professor and management thinker. And he passed away in 2010, and at his memorial service, his wife mentioned that she was always worried because at the beginning of each semester, her husband would take his notes from the past semester and throw them away. And so what she did was she went and picked them up on one of them and brought them back to him. And when she brought it back to him, he then confirmed with her that this was not by accident. And this is a statement he said to her, my students deserve my best fresh thinking every time. Wow. Can you imagine? You know, I taught at Sanford in an ethics class uh, for about two years and I guarantee you, I don't know what I've done about <laughs> don't all those notes and started over on that. But is that not incredible? My students deserve my best, fresh thinking. Now, just think about it. Whatever your business is, whatever you do. What we do here, when we put on and, and, and do some big program or some big ministry or whatever, we take copious notes because we want to be able to do it good the next time. And we do have a great tendency of saying, hey, next time this thing comes around, we got this thing down. And after a couple of years, it's a well-oiled machine. We got it over here because we got our notes. It just got me thinking. Maybe there's some things that, that we're doing or maybe some things that you're doing that every year we do the same way. What would happen if you just kind of threw the notes away and said, hey, take a fresh approach on it. Let's do some fresh thinking. But I've been tied to my notes of the past so much that that I can't. Be open to new and fresh ideas, okay? Number two, ask naive questions. (laughs) Ask naive questions. You ever notice the new people that come in your organization, the questions that they ask, and they ask these questions, you like shake your head and say, you really don't get it, do you? Okay, Because, you know, they're asking all kinds of stuff about the business and, and things. But you know what's good? When newcomers ask those questions, what they're doing is they ask questions about who we are and what we do. I need to understand that more. And see, sometimes for us in the business that we're in, we need to ask those naive questions. We need to begin to uh, ask those deep questions again. So who are we and what is it that we're doing and what are we trying to accomplish? And sometimes when you begin to dig deep like that and ask those Basic questions, objectives began to come up, new ways of doing things become up, and new possibilities will happen. Our church right now is going through a process with an outside consultant called Oxano. We started this in August, and they are forcing us to ask some, we call at times difficult questions, but actually just asking fundamental questions. And sometimes we start the process, and they'd ask a question, and we give this surface answer, and they say, no, go deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's been an amazing experience. And it has been such a help to us to get back deeper as to who we are and what our what our call is. Okay, number three, go out and surf with amateurs. <clears throat> go out and surf with amateurs. Uh, some of you who uh, think that surf means just to be on the Internet, uh, I want to let you know that uh, there's a sport of surfing. It's called oceans. Some of you may not have seen those <laughs> with waves and surf. Well, her phrasing is go out and surf with amateurs, see through the eyes of rookies. And the story she tells is about a man by the name of Bob Hurley, who was a surfboard designer. And Bob Hurley was at Huntington Beach, California, and he ran into Wayne Bartholomew, who was the Australian world champion of surfing. I mean, this guy was a stud. But he's hanging out at Huntington Beach where there's not a lot of big waves. And so he says, why are you here? Why aren't you somewhere else catching the good waves? And Wayne Bartholomew replied, he says, I like surfing with the kids because this is where I get my energy. And so what he would do is he would go to the beach and seek out these newbies, these newcomers that were just sort of getting out there. And then he would hang out with them. he said, that's where I get my energy. And so when it talks about surf with amateurs, that in our work world, sometimes what would be good is you to be able to see the company and just see life through the eyes of some of the rookies. And match up with some of those younger people and just hang out with them and begin to see through their eyes. Number four, reverse mentoring reverse mentoring new approaches new technology now the term reverse mentoring is something you know what mentoring is mentoring is usually when an older person is is kind of taking a younger person under their wing and began to talk to them and share with them and and try to pour into their life reverse mentoring is what you're hearing more and more about that would be for you that are older that are more veterans in the business for you to get a younger person and kind of let them take you under their wing and for you to sit and to learn from them and to listen. And the things that will come up is there'll be new approaches and there'll be new technology. And, you know, I, I I've done this some and, uh, and, and we've done some things in our, in our staff with some of our younger, uh, young guns that are there and the staff for us to match up with them and, and just to learn from them. And it, it's, it's a great experience because anytime you've worked doing something the same way, for a good bit of time you pretty well just kind of get settled in over there and it's so nice to be able to see it from a uh you know from a from a different perspective and so think about that reverse mentoring if you've got this veteran mindset everything's comfortable everything's status quo you know what it'd be nice to then find some of the newbies some of the young people and just sit down with them and let them talk to you let them share and as they begin to talk, they'll explain to you new technologies. They'll even show you how to use your iPhone. Uh, and, uh, you know, they'll be the ones they'll say, this is how you text. Oh, I didn't know that. And and But they'll talk about new technologies, things that can happen, talk about new approaches on there. It is great, okay? So it can help you to go from a veteran mindset to a rookie mindset. Number five, you shift from a leader to a learner. Shift from a leader to a learner. And then I put here, conduct assumptions audit. This is something that Liz talks about in her book. The first thing she talks about is psychologists talk a lot about a phenomena called confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. I have confirmation bias. And um, I'm a recovering confirmation bias addict. Okay. This is what confirmation bias is. In essence, this refers to the fact that we inherently favor information which supports our pre-existing beliefs and we ignore everything else. Because, see, the more that we're deemed experts in our field, the less we will search out information which proves us wrong. You see, what happens is the more we get to know and the more we become an expert in something, we sit there and say, this is what I believe and this is the way it should work. This is the way things should go. And then all of a sudden, new research begins to come out. And you start looking, and there may be 10 articles over here. Which article are you going to? I'm going to the one that confirms what I already believe. And so you find somebody's done some kind of research that confirms what you believe. You hang on to that and say, this is it. Maybe I'm heading in the right direction. Now, there may be eight other articles out there that have got something that differs from what you believe or expands what you believe. But you don't go with those. Because we fall into this trap of confirmation bias. If I can just find someone to agree with me, or I can just find some kind of research that agrees with me, I'm just gonna hang on to that. The overwhelming research may say, No, nah, that's 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 not that's not right. There's a better way of doing that. And so with this, you want to shift from that leader. Some of you are leaders in your organization, and then you've got to become a learner and say, I'm a leader, but listen. I don't know everything. I don't understand everything, so I want to fall into leader, to a learner. When you fall into a learner, he says conduct an assumptions audit. And what assumptions audit is make a written list of what you're assuming. Make a written list of all the things that you just assume, things that you assume in your business, the way you do your job, the way your company operates, and just write them down and then examine them point by point. And examine each one of those assumptions and then see if current evidence supports those beliefs or if evidence to the contrary has arisen. And then begin to update those assumptions to see how your worldview is changing. Because, you see, how you got to where you are is probably because you made some assumptions to start out with. And because of these assumptions, we're heading in this direction. And so this is why I do what I do because I've made these assumptions over here. Now years have passed. And I need to revisit those assumptions. And guess what? Things have changed. Maybe that's not the best way to do it. It's everything from, hey, you know what we did? We did direct mail pieces all the time. And and your assumption is everybody likes to get something in the mail, and we're going to do that, and, and postage back then was a nickel, all right? Well, now postage is $12 just to send a note or a letter or whatever, but that's gone up, and now guess what? You can do it electronically, and, and people would prefer that or whatever, and it's cheaper, and it, it reaches more people. So I go back to some of my assumptions. You see, so just do an assumption audit, and you go from a leader to a learner, and that takes you out of that veteran mindset, kind of put you more into the rookie mindset. All right. Number six, step into your discomfort zone. Step into your discomfort zone. Take a job or a project that you are unqualified for. How about that? <laughs> you don't hear that very often, is it? Step into your discomfort zone. Uh, and then once you find this project that you're unqualified for, then what you need to do is um, get up to speed as fast as possible. Now, again, the veteran mindset is we get ourselves in a rut. You know what a rut is, don't you? A rut is a grave with two ends knocked out, okay? That's exactly what a rut is, and you're just dying there. And you are so into the status quo. You're just so comfortable. You need something to challenge you. Here's the challenge for you. That is, in the organization, if there's some project coming up, some job, something that you're really not qualified for, raise your hand and say, I want to do that. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to have to scramble to get up to speed. But you know what's going to do? It's going to get those juices flowing again. You're going to do something with this rookie mindset because you're doing something that, you, that, that you've got to stretch your learning on and it will begin to change. Does that make sense? Find something to get in your discomfort zone. And that goes against everything else we would think because we love to be in our comfort zone. We just want to be in our comfort zone, but a comfort zone becomes a grave. So we got to find something to sort of get us out of that, jettison us out of that. And that's where you get to step into a discomfort zone. Number seven, build teams which combine veterans and rookies. Build teams which combine combine veterans and rookies. We do this a lot. We do it in our worship planning time that we meet. We meet again uh, today. We've got young guys and older guys in there, and it's just great to be able to see that interplay of both veterans and rookies. And number eight is this. Take on assignments which are challenging and uncomfortable but not impossible. Take on assignments which are challenging and uncomfortable but they're not impossible. Because when you take on something that is that challenging, you know what you've got to do? You've got to take small steps. You can just write that next to it. You've got to take small steps. It's challenging. It's uncomfortable. And I've got to take just one step at a time, little small steps, in order for me to make an achievement. Michelangelo. Is a great example of this of this principle put in action when he was painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican. This was his first attempt. Can you believe it? this was his first attempt at fresco painting. That's a technique where paint is applied while the plaster is still damp, and it allows the colors to chemically bond with the plastered walls. He had never done a fresco before. And now he's being asked to do the Sistine Chapel. Well, how he got this job is that one of his rivals went to Pope Julius II and asked him to hire Michelangelo. He said he would be the man for the job. In the back of his mind, this man who recommended him felt confident that Michelangelo would fail, and then they would call him to come in and to save the day. So that was the reason why he recommended him. They asked Michelangelo to do it. He did. You know what he did? He hired two assistants who were skilled in fresco painting to work alongside of him for a few weeks while he mastered those necessary skills. He then consulted various theologians, and they gave him ideas and themes for the painting, which he took that, and then he refined it. And then he set out to do this work for four-plus years in painting the ceiling. The result of this rookie project is now considered to be one of the great treasures of the Renaissance. The hopes of the of the rivals were dashed, and rather than being a fiasco for Michelangelo, it was a famous fresco. So instead of a fiasco, it was a fresco. And it was a good one, okay? But guess what? That was his rookie project. That was his rookie project. Now, let me ask you this. What if you applied rookie smarts to spiritual matters? What if you did an assumption audit about your views about God and Jesus Christ? You know, reasons why either you don't go to church or don't read the Bible or don't consider the claims of Jesus Christ to be the son of God. You know, there are reasons why you do that. And it usually goes back to assumptions that you've had. So wouldn't it be interesting just to go and do an assumptions audit on spiritual matters and say, what are the things that I have assumed? And now knowing that you have journeyed a little bit longer in life, maybe you could look back on those and say, you know, from my experiences, I think things are a little bit different now. And then look at some of those assumptions to see if they're still valid or not. And maybe you'll discover some evidence that would show that maybe that worldview has changed and you need to consider those things. Do an assumptions audit. It's important for all of us. So I would encourage you, as you get ready to go from here, take some of these rookie smarts and begin to apply it in your business life, but also apply it in our personal lives, and begin to look at where we stand in our relationship with God and what is keeping me from going to that next step with Him. It could be that I've got some faulty assumptions, and I can go back and make some adjustments to those. We hope that you have a great Thanksgiving holiday. We will be back together on the first Tuesday in December with a special Christmas power lunch, which means that the gifts can only be some of the most amazing things that you have ever experienced in all of your lives. You need to come bring a crowd with you. We're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to take a look at another book about the intangibles of leadership that is just flat out fascinating. Okay, listen, y'all have a great day. We'll see you.